Hey y'all, and welcome back to Living on Mission. I know that sometimes it's hard to find the joy in Jesus in the everyday moments, but that is exactly what we're going to do by digging into God's word, letting go of whatever is holding you back from living on mission for Christ, talking about the everyday life, laughing a little and crying a little, because let's be honest, we all do a little of both. So settle in, grab a cup of coffee, and let's live on mission together. Welcome back. I am so excited about today's podcast. So if you are following me, you know that the mission of this podcast is to know Christ and to make him known. That is to me what living on mission is. In Colossians chapter four, it says, devote yourselves to prayer, stay alert in it with thanksgiving at the same time. Pray also for us that God may open a door to us for the word to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains so that I may make it known as I should. And I would absolutely be missing the entire point of this podcast if I were not to share the gospel of Christ through my salvation story. I do not believe that any single piece of our story is wasted by God. And my story of salvation is not a a pretty one. It's not a story that is just clean and put together. It's a little bit messy. And I would probably wager that most of us, your, your story of Christ coming to Christ is a little bit messy because he picks us up. He picks us up out of the dirt. He dusts us off and he cleans us up when through what Christ did on the cross. And so today it is an honor and it is a privilege to share how I came to know Christ as Savior and Lord and what that has looked like for my life since I made that decision at 24. So if you don't know me, I grew up in a small town in Northeast Mississippi, where there is a church every block, every mile, you are not going to drive very far without seeing a church. And of course, we have all different denominations, Southern Baptist, Presbyterian, Methodist, Lutheran, Catholic, we have them all. You can pick where you want to go and choose how you want to serve. But I did grow up in a Southern Baptist church. And like my husband likes to say, I was in church nine months before I was born. And so just being in church and hearing about God and Jesus was very normal for me. I, um, I never really had to wonder if there was a God. I always remember believing that there was a God. I always remember learning about Jesus and Moses and Noah and all these people from the early, early as a child. But I can very clearly now on this side of it, see that I did not know God. I could not hear from him. And of course I was not being used by him because I didn't know him at all. And I can remember vividly now that I am in the light, now that I know Christ is Savior and Lord, I can look back and I can clearly see how I was living in the dark, which makes me extremely, extremely grateful to be living in the light today. And I'm not sharing this to say that this decision to come to Christ was about me or that it was something that I did. It's not a workspace salvation, but I can look back and I can clearly see how Christ was, was working on me and calling me to that place of repentance, but it took a very long time. And, and my prayer today with this 
with this story, with my story, with this podcast is that I know a lot of you are believers. I know a lot of you are followers of Christ. Maybe one woman out there who, who connects with my story, who may be listening and you, maybe you think I grew up in church too, but I never had that peace Rachel's talking about. I never, never felt that, that just security and safety in my savior and Lord. And I just pray that someone hearing this needs to understand that God loves you very much. God loves you just as you are. God loves you before you make a decision to follow him and turn your life over to him. And he loves you after. Um, and so this is my story. This is my story. I am writing it to give all the glory to God and to tell you what he has done for me. So Going back, I grew up in church. Uh, lots of people, beautiful people invested in me in vacation Bible school. There were youth trips. There were church socials. We had church on Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday nights. I enjoyed church. It was just kind of part of our routine. It was a place of comfort and consistency. Even today, when I go back to that church that I grew up in, it brings back joyful, great memories. And even when I was in high school and college and I did not have a relationship with Christ, I would seek out a church. I would seek out a church in, at the college that I went to just because it felt familiar and it represented home and it represented good memories and just a place of consistency for me. And so when I was a child, I did respond a couple of times to my pastor or my youth minister's call for salvation. Salvation meaning you know, giving my heart to Christ, accepting Christ as my Savior and Lord, knowing that I needed repentance for my sin, but I didn't really, I didn't really, I responded with my head. A lot of my friends were making decisions to give their hearts to Christ. So I thought maybe I should do the same. Right. And so in my case, it was never motivated by conviction or realization of a need for a savior, or even, you know, just acknowledgement of my sin. I was still wanted to sin. I still uh, you know, would plan to continue sinning. I was just like, this is something I should do if I want to, to, to be like these other people who are in church. And so it was more out of duty. I knew it was something I should do. So as you can imagine, there was never any growth. There was never peace. There was never fruit that comes from giving your heart and life to Christ. And so I just kind of existed that way for a very long time. There were lots of signs that I was not a follower of Christ. There was, there was the absence of conviction over my sin. Yes, I attended church regularly. I participated in Sunday school sometimes. I sat through sermons. I sang and even came to love the praise songs along with everybody else. But when I was not in church, there was no thought to living for Christ. There was, there was no, should I do this? Should I not do this? I was participating in activities that did not represent me being a follower of Christ. I was not a bad teenager by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, I did things I shouldn't have. I was not a bad teenager, but um, I just didn't really have that draw to, to be in the word. I didn't have that, that desire to know Christ better, to learn more about him, to grow in my faith, to make decisions that honored him. I did drink. I drank on the weekends with friends in high school. When I went to college, it became more frequent. I really looked forward to the weekends, uh, to just hanging out, to, to drinking, to just kind of seeing what we could get into. And 
I even engaged in relationships with, with guys that were not respectful of, of my now husband, Matt. And I had no conviction about these things. I just, I just did them. I just went along with it. I knew what the Bible said about them, but there was absolutely no conviction that when I did them, that it was not what God wanted me to do. I could go to church sit there comfortably through a service, leave and continue what I was doing with no need for repentance. There was not that fruit in my life. Um, I was seeking acceptance. I absolutely was seeking acceptance from um, in these things, in these relationships, in these behaviors. You know, I, I don't, I won't go a lot into it, but I love, love, love my father very much. And we have a good relationship now, but I never had that type of relationship with my father where I felt um, secure and loved unconditionally. Really, it wasn't until I met Matt and we were married that I could even begin to fathom this kind of love, the kind of love that God offers for us. And, you know, Matt, my husband is imperfect. He is human, but he really and truly models that love that Ephesians out in Ephesians 5 25 that says husbands love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her and I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that God used Matt to to begin to open my eyes to this type of love looking back now I can see that the Holy Spirit was definitely moving in me for quite some time before I made a decision to follow Christ uh, Matt and I were married in December and and those first five or six months that were supposed to be the happiest period of my life. Instead, I was very unsettled. I was very unhappy. I was very uncertain. And through it all, Matt loved me with such a sweet and sacrificial heart. And so this coupled with what I was hearing in our church really began to click for me. Sorry, I could get emotional, but I began to see my sin for what it was. Uh, and that's something that separates me from a very holy God, a God who is set apart, a God who loves me so much that he sent his son to, to bring me back to him because I could never be holy enough, but Jesus could. And his, his one desire, God's desire was to love me and to receive my love in return. And so, you know, to me, I was like, gosh, God, why would you love me? And so that is when I can remember that around this time, I began to, I began to see my sin. I began to see it for what it was. It was something that was separating me from a God who loved me so much. And it became clearer and clearer. And I just, Isaiah 59 says, you know, it is your sins that have cut you off from God because of your sins. He has turned away and will not listen anymore. But that was not absolute. That was not absolute. He sent away. He sent away to, to get around my sins. And so I was so unworthy of his love. And I felt like I just, I nobody could love was, but God pushed through that. God pushed through that. He broke through those lies and his word is very clear and it's very consistent. He loves us. He loves you. He loves me before salvation, after salvation. He loves us as we are and he wants that relationship with us. Ephesians 2 uh, says, God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. And I can just remember so clearly when this clicked for me. 
I remember feeling like a weight had absolutely been dropped on my shoulders and I could not move out from under it. I remember thinking, these are my sins. These are my sins, God, aren't they? I can't do anything with them. I can't let go of this feeling of oppression unless I give them to you. And I had heard it so many times. I had heard it so many times in church. Repent from your sins and turn away from them. And now, like at this point, I had this overwhelming desire to just let it go, to just let it go, to to give it to God. And you guys, like I remember thinking physically, I cannot move. I cannot move until I do this. Like it was a physical desire as much as a spiritual and emotion one. And so I did, I did it right there where I was sitting. I was sitting in our church, the same church that we attend today under the preaching of a pastor who's no longer there. Uh, but I confessed right there in my, in my seat, I did not wait for a call. I did not wait to ask me to do it. I did it right there in my seat. I confessed the fact that I was very much a sinner, that I did not want to go one more second living the way that I had been. I wanted forgiveness. I wanted repentance. I wanted to, to tell God, I'm sorry for my sins and I give them to you. And I choose to turn away and follow you. And, and I sought out that forgiveness that I no, and I believe comes only through Christ's sacrifice on the cross. His blood does what all my efforts could never, ever do. And I wanted to give myself and my life to God and begin following where he wanted me to lead, not where the lead, where the world was leading me, not where Rachel was leading me, not where Rachel had been, been going for 24 years. I was 24 years old and the weight was lifted then and there. Now, did my life become perfect? Did it become flawless? Did it become, um, you know, just easy to pursue Christ and give up those sins? Absolutely not. I still make mistakes. I still sin. I, I've been unloving and unkind and I've made choices I know God has not been pleased with. I am still very much a sinner. Uh, Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But today living in the light, I recognize my sin. I see it for what it is. I see it. And I know the need to stop, ask for forgiveness and turn away from it. I want to turn away from it. I want to be in God's word. I want to serve him and produce fruit that is pleasing to him. I have come into the light and nothing can steal that away from me. And so that is that is knowing Christ. And that is my mission here in everything that I do as a mom, as a business owner, as a friend, as a wife, as a um, someone who has a body that she needs to care for. I want to live on mission and, and honor God with what he has given me to know him better, to go deeper with him every single day and to help other women, one, know him as well, but also to life that points other people to Christ. And so if you are listening to this um, and you have your own salvation story, I would love, I would love for you to come into my email and tell me what more about that. If you are listening to this and you're like, Rachel, I don't have that. I don't understand that. I don't, I don't have that, that uh, relationship with Christ. I am still very much living in my sin and, 
and no repentance or conviction has come, but you sense God is working in your heart, please, please, please know this, that you can turn and give your heart to Christ. Nothing in the world, nothing in this world can trump the peace and hope that you can have as a follower of Christ. Romans 10, 9 through 10 makes it very clear and very simple. Profess and believe and you will be saved. It says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. It is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. And so if you are ready to make that decision to know Christ, to give your heart to him, to seek forgiveness and salvation through Christ alone, then please, please know that I am here. You can email me as well, but just repent believe and follow him. And that is my prayer for you. I'm going to end this with a prayer today and, and just know that God can use this story to reach anyone out there who, who needs to hear it today. God, I just praise you. I praise you for being a God who doesn't give up on us. I praise you for being a God who creates us and knows us before we're born. You know who we will, who we will be, the good, the bad, the ugly, and you choose to create us. You choose to love us. You choose to give us the, the, the freedom to choose you, God. And I just thank you so much for not giving up on me. Thank you for, for, um, capturing my heart at 24. And thank you for every single day since then, where you have given me the opportunity to know you better and to live for you and to tell others about you. God, please help me to be diligent in that. Um, God, I just pray for the woman who might be listening to this right now, who, who doesn't know you as savior, who doesn't know you as Lord God. I pray that you would please move in her heart, help her to seek out your word, these verses that I have shared, help her to seek out someone who does know you, who, who is a follower of Christ, to to talk more about this, God. And I pray for salvations all over the world today, God. You are speaking and you are moving through so many. And God, I pray that we would be we would be women who live for you and who live to tell other people about you. Thank you so much for this opportunity, for this platform to tell your story that you have just given me to, to share boldly. I pray that you would bless it and that you would just bring so many to you today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.